Not too long ago, I reached out to some friends of mine that uh, I'm online with, and I asked them if they had any lessons that they had learned, some important lessons in life that they had learned. They could be simple, they could be funny, they could be uh, really serious, and I got some interesting responses. One man said his dad taught him that you're never really lost until you run out of gas. Another uh, said his mother taught him that if you can't spot the jerk in the crowd, the jerk might be you. That's a bit awkward. Here's one that social media has completely ruined. If it's a public issue, you can settle it publicly. But if it's a private issue, you need to settle it privately. Here's one to remember for all you guys. When she says she doesn't want anything for her birthday, for Valentine's Day, or for Christmas, she really wants something for her birthday, for Valentine's Day, and for Christmas. Here's some more. Never underestimate the power of compound interest. Patience is really bitter, but its fruit is really sweet. Take care of your health early. And here's one that leads us to our final message on finding joy from the book of Philippians. We tend to interpret God's love through our circumstances when we should interpret our circumstances through God's love. We've been looking at a book of the Bible called Philippians, as I said, and um, it's written by a guy who's in prison, one believer who's in prison to other believers to help them find joy in their life. In this last message, we've come to one specific verse of Scripture that you can find on coffee mugs, on t-shirts. Professional athletes have written it on their jerseys. It's kind of an elastic clause of faith, if you will, a a get-out-of-jail-free card so to speak. Uh, And if you listen really well, you can almost hear Paul in his best sound of music voice talk about this. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, kind of an aspect there. But there's so much more in this scripture, and there's so much more that we can use right now. And I want to read to you Philippians chapter 4, Uh, Verses 10 through 20. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first uh, brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. 
And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. As I said, Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison, and he lets you and me know how we can have joy in any and every situation, no matter what we find ourselves in. He shares some really important lessons that he learned. Paul said, I've learned to be content. And I've learned the secret of living in every situation. How was it that he learned these lessons? From whom did he learn these lessons? And, and what's the context? And where is all this going? Paul's writing to friends who helped him. It's the relationships that he had and the experiences uh, that he's had with these relationships that he's uh, reflecting upon when he writes this letter. You know, it's really common for you and I to take our cues on how we should act in a particular situation from other people. We watch them, whether things are good or they're not so good. Uh, we see how they've reacted and we uh, learn what to say or sometimes what not to say, what to do or what not to do in all of this. In Paul's experience, uh, he's grateful for these people. It's their support that has helped him find joy, even in a not so great circumstance. He learned of their concern for him by their support for him. He actually says uh, that they are sharing in his sufferings. That means he's comforted because he realized he's not all by himself in all of this. And the thought of them sharing with him is what's giving him joy. Even joy in prison. Right now, you're probably thinking, this is one of those dog bite slash beasting moments, isn't it, Shan? Uh, And you're probably thinking, the next thing I'm going to say is talking about making lemonade from lemons. That's not what I'm really talking about. Joy can't come in every circumstance if the requirement is that in every set of circumstances, we end up with better things. That's not really what joy is all about. That's uh, earning something. That's not what it's like. It's so much deeper, so much more mature than that. Paul teaches you and me that he has joy because he's learned to be content in any and every situation. Joy comes from contentment. We have joy in every circumstance because we have contentment. In every circumstance. That's really where it comes from. But there is a misunderstanding in all of this. I've had it. I know that many others have had it. I think there's a misunderstanding about what contentment really is. Paul, you see, as I've said, he's in prison. And that's not a good place to be. Contentment, listen now, contentment is not about passively accepting things, even waiting for something better. That's not what contentment is about. And as for the one who follows Jesus, contentment is not about a passive satisfaction as if we're waiting for God to give us something better or make our circumstances better. That's not what contentment is. Contentment, real contentment, is active fulfillment in my life and in your life. 
For the believer, excuse me, it's an understanding that God, who knows everything, knows exactly where I am, knows exactly what I need, and has allowed everything to come about so that where I am right now, what I'm going through right now, and all the resources that he's given me right now, the experiences that he's allowed me to have, he's waiting for me to live for him. That's what contentment really all is all about. It's waiting for, uh, God is waiting for you and I to live for him in the moment that we have right now. Even if that moment is hard. Paul didn't say, I can wait for God to give me, uh, uh, I can wait for God to give me strength. He said, I can do all things through Christ who's giving me the strength to do all things. That's the point. And it's in doing where we experience uh, God enabling us to live through the good times and the not so good times. Living on the mountain and living in the valley. We have contentment in every circumstance because we've been given every strength for every circumstance. Paul's not talking about A rescue here, so to speak. But what Paul wasn't waiting for was an attorney to walk in with release papers. That's that's not what he's talking about. Uh, uh, Paul gave him strength to get through a hard day. That's what Paul said God gave him. That's what he learned. You and I may ask for what we want, but it's God who gives you and me what we need. There's contentment in that. Uh, uh, This is the misunderstanding that I was referring to. It's not accomplishing something so that you and I can then receive something good. It's not some pseudo-spiritual quid pro quo. That's that's the point here. Uh, it's, It's not a promotion. It's not passing the test. It's not having everyone around us agree with us or have everyone around us like us and we like them. The goal isn't or shouldn't be an easier life. That's not what the goal is. It's uh, to live a life that honors God. That's what we should be reaching for. A live a life that honors God in spite of all the difficulties. And the blessings that come from living a life that honors God. Yeah, there's joy there. There's contentment there. 2 Peter chapter 1 says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Everything that we need today, God's given you and me. You and I don't need strength to live an easy life. We need strength to live today. That's it. Some days may be easy, Others may be hard. Tomorrow is an altogether different day. And God will give you and I the strength we need for tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's the point. God knows what to give because he's always there. He gives strength in every circumstance because he's with us in every circumstance. One of the great burdens that has been visited on so many people in the middle of this 
well, for the entirety of this COVID nightmare, is the number of ways that everyone has been separated. Everyone's been kept apart, and there are real and very credible studies that are already beginning to measure the damage that's being done and continue, continues to be done in all of this. It's had a real significant effect, a measurable effect on people's mental health. That's just a basic given in all of this. But in addition to that, people have been prohibited from seeing their loved ones in the hospital or in nursing homes, sometimes for months. People are not, have, have not been allowed to be present at funerals or weddings even. Whole ceremonies have been canceled. Newborns have been temporarily separated from uh, new mothers. Grandparents from grandchildren. Neighbors not seeing each other for weeks on end. I can also tell you that there was a time, I can tell you this now, there was a time back in early May when I really, I was really having a, a hard time. You see, I'd just been speaking like this to a camera and only to a camera. And the more that I was only doing that, I, I felt like I wasn't doing any good at all. I felt like no one was listening. No one was watching. And I can honestly tell you that it was a real low point uh, for me. And in the middle of that low point, I began to hear some really familiar voices. You're not doing any good for anyone. No one is listening to you at all. You you are not even good at this. Now I can tell you that I knew when I heard those voices, they were all lies, but that didn't mean I didn't hear them. And all they had to do was just be heard even as the slightest whisper. I felt alone and I felt purposeless. And it was really hard uh, for quite some time, actually. But then I remembered something that a friend had shared with me uh, about God. Now, I, when I share this with you, I know you're going to think, you've got to be kidding me. You're the one that talks to us all the time about God. You shouldn't have to be reminded about this, but even we who do this often need to be reminded often about the promises and the goodness of God. He reminded me that God is always with me. It's kind of like an old woman saying to me all the time, you need to eat some of your own cooking. Really, that's what it was like. He reminded me that God's always with me. That he never leaves me. And I am never alone. It reminded me of Psalm 34. It's a, it's a psalm that I've shared with many often during this time. And there's just a couple of things I, I really want to share with you. I encourage you to look up Psalm 34 in your Bible and to read it. And not just read it once, but read it multiple times. But there are a couple of things that I do want to share with you. Some high points, if you will. From verse 4, it says, I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Because God's with me, 
I have nothing to fear. Verse 5 says, Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Because God's with me, I have nothing to hide. Verse 10 says, Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Because God's with me, I have nothing to want. Verse 19 says, The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Because God is with me, I have everything to be grateful for. I have joy in my life because God is with me. Paul says to those believers at the church in Philippi, the same God who takes care of me will take care of you. The same God who's with me is with you. I can have joy in any and every circumstance because I've learned to be content in every circumstance. I'm content in every circumstance because God gives me what I need in every circumstance. And because I have what I need in every circumstance, I know God is with me. And because I know God is with me in every circumstance, I can have joy. As I said at the beginning, I asked some friends to share with me some lessons that they had learned. And we've learned some lessons from Paul today. But here's one more lesson that someone sent to me. A friend had another friend whose husband had died and for some time, the, 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 the closeness that they had shared had been hindered, obviously. But they got back together. And in one of those times, not too long after her friend had passed away, uh, they went shopping together. And they spent some time together. And while they were driving back, uh, on their way back home, uh, her friend, the widow, asked her what uh, her husband wanted for dinner. She replied, he wants chili, but I really don't want to stop at the store. I don't want to get all the stuff. I just want to get home and, you know, uh, put some leftovers in the microwave and take care of it that way. After a few seconds, her friend quietly responded to her saying, make the chili. took her a few seconds to realize they weren't talking about dinner anymore. They were talking about something more important. Something deeper. The lesson was don't squander an opportunity to do something for someone because there's going to come a day when you won't be able to do something for that someone. Sometimes the hardest lessons are learned when there's no longer an opportunity to apply them. There's joy in making something for someone because you have someone 
to make something for. There's joy in a kitchen sink full of dirty dishes because it's a sign of a full and happy house. There's joy in a car full of loud kids because God has given you those kids and God's given you that car. There's joy in traffic because now people are getting back to doing what they did before all of this started. Finding joy in all circumstances isn't about hoping that something will get better or only hoping that something will get better. Finding joy in all circumstances is about realizing that God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you need. And in some cases, He's already provided what you need. And there's joy in that right there. God, thank you so much for the joy that you've given to us, even in and beginning with the fact that we know who Jesus is. You've made Jesus available to us. Jesus came to us, and even now, he is with us. God, we thank you so much for him. We thank you for being with us and knowing the difficulties that we go through, celebrating the days that are really good and crying with us on the days that are really bad. God, thank you for helping us and giving us strength in the middle of all of it. Because God, there are days that we know we could not have gotten through what we got through were it not for you, were it not for your wisdom, for it not were for the things that you help us with, the strength that you give to us. God, thank you for sending friends our way who help us and encourage us and bless us. God, help us to not be frustrated or embittered when those difficult days come, but help us to look heavenward. Help us to lean on you. Help us to cry out your name because we know that you rescue us every time. Thank you for giving us joy in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.